listening to Enlivening Musings, a podcast to enhance your life so you live fully alive. Sponsored by the Pleasure Fairy app. Download it for more support. Welcome to Enlivening Musings. I'm Crystal. And I'm Katie. And today we're going to dive into this concept of withholding love. And whoo, you know, we all do this. And it impacts our entire lives. And we talk about on other episodes and things like that about love and compassion and how we're moving into more of that, even with, you know, younger generations being able to embody more of that and how we are here. We're here. We're here doing the work. And we talk about self-love and we talk about relationship and we talk about all of that. And as we circle around (laughs) on all of these different topics, when we're talking, whether we're, you know, on recording here or we're behind the scenes or just in daily life, this comes up a lot. And I know for me, I continually bring stuff to the heart center. You know, we've done episodes on the heart center. We've done episodes on connecting your heart and your genitals because it's so big. Mm -hmm. Being able to live from our hearts is so big. And we all, if you walk around, the majority of people have some sort of like heart issue you know, some sort of imbalance, some Mm -hmm. sort of closeness, some sort of, some sort of yuck. Mm -hmm. And so this is constantly, this comes up constantly as I work with people. It comes up constantly as I'm doing my own work. It comes up constantly as I view society. And I know one of the things with you know, within my VIP inner circle group, I've talked about hard things. And this specific topic is one I feel like I dance around a little bit. And it's almost like I need to keep talking about it because I want even more embodiment of it. And I want then everybody else to level up their embodiment of it. So (laughs) I'm just going to, I'm just going right in. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Think about your relationships. Think about relationships with your parents, with a lover, partner, with your kids. And think about how often you like withhold love. Maybe your kid did something and so instead of any sort of other discipline or punishment, you default to withholding love. And how did that happen when you were a child? When you were a child and you did something wrong and you could feel it. You could feel your parents just withholding their love from you as if that's what's going to teach you your lesson or make you fall in line or do what's quote unquote right. Mm -hmm. And you think about your partner or lover or somebody and they're not showing up how you want them to. And so maybe it's withholding sex, but it's often more 
withholding love, withholding affection. You're not going to let them see. And part of the, like so much of this, I mean, it's just defense mechanism and it's default because this has happened to you. And then in that default in defense, it's because we're scared of our own vulnerability and being open and we're scared of being hurt and or I mean gosh I, the list goes on like when I'm trying to think about it with kids we're scared of how they're going to turn out and we're scared of what people are going to think about them so we've got to like teach them this lesson mm-hmm. yeah I think that is super true with raising kids I feel that way right now with with my kids where they're at my little ones and yeah like I want to be very like heart centered let her express all these big emotions and feel them but then there's that part of me that's like I catch myself and luckily I'm aware enough to notice but there's almost that temptation to be like you can't act this way or people aren't going to like you Mm -hmm. that's what that's what my head is saying but I'm able to stop it from coming out of my mouth but those sort of things that I just, I think that was probably what, you know, the sort of things that were said to me, obviously, because that's what's in my mind. Um, but I think that's a common thing. We're like, oh, if you, you know, or like, stop screaming, you're embarrassing me or, you know, all those little things that come up. And I've noticed like a lot of those tendencies for me when my children are acting a certain way and I feel like I need to discipline them, it's because I feel embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I feel embarrassed about the situation. They're fine. And I see that with other parents and like, it's very cringeworthy to be on the other side when you see a kid maybe acting out or maybe they're just playing and being silly in a, in a place where that's not allowed, but they don't know that because they're three Mm-hmm. So they don't know to know the difference between a space that's supposed to be quiet and reverent versus playtime at home. Mm-hmm. But as adults, we just like can't handle it because right. we're afraid we're getting judged for how they're acting. And so then we lash out on these poor little children. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so it can show up in so many of those ways. And, you know, sometimes I feel it's neat. So my kids are interesting. Um, (laughs) my four-year-old will sit there and actually say to me, but I don't think you love me right now, or I don't feel, you know, and I (laughs) won't, in full disclosure, I don't even like do anything, (laughs) you know, like I I just like literally say something like, oh no, you got to put that down (laughs) or something. And it's just taken that way. It's internalized that way where I could have been so super peaceful, didn't even really do anything. Pat myself on the back. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But that's how it sounds right now. So whatever. Um, And, but that's how it's internalized. And so that's how we internalized it. And then we bring that to all of our other relationships. And so this is where, like, I think about, first of all, the importance of doing our own heart work. So go review our other heart and, practices and episodes um, because they're so great as well for helping you open and connect to your heart. Um, So doing that practice, connecting to your own heart, you're going to like see all of that. And then in the realm of vulnerability or heartbreak, it's the same. 
It's actually us withholding our love and closing that's causing so much pain. Even though it feels like and we think that being open and allowing ourselves to get hurt is what's causing the pain. It's actually the shutting down of love that creates all of the pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it manifests as physical pain too. Absolutely. I mean, that's the, you know, that's my world is is connecting that how it relates to the physical body for people. And um, is there anyone listening that doesn't have like upper back and neck pain? Just curious because I doubt it. Yeah, because everyone's so tight around their heart space. And they don't even feel it through the front of the chest, you know. They don't know right. how to come into that until they're touched in that area and they're shocked by how tender it is. A lot of times when I work on people in that area, they're like, what is that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like an unbelievable amount of tension and pain. So, yeah, it's so it's so true. And I think it can be really, I mean, I, I, I think you can do a lot of this work on your own and open up, but it's so helpful to have someone, whether it's a practitioner or just a trusted person sit with you to do some of these practices because um, they can be really powerful and it's nice to have the support of someone else to just kind of hold that space with you as you go into there so you can feel safe because it can feel kind of scary to dive into those areas. And so having someone just, kind of like I make sure it like stand guard for you while you dive into that so you can fully let go mm-hmm. is so helpful and that you know that could just be even a yoga class I mean it could be just sitting with a friend and having a heart-to-heart conversation where you can let all that come up yeah, yeah. well and I you know even just hearing you talking about the physical realm like having that where it you know, not all massage therapists, not all PTs, not all any right. body worker are the same. So one who you really resonate with and you can be that vulnerable with, maybe one who does work in the emotional or energetic realms or is at least holistic, you know, sees the whole picture, body, mind, spirit in their work. Um, because like you're saying, you yourself can just touch your heart center and then to have somebody else do that when you're ready to have somebody else Mm -hmm. just placing their hand there. I mean, just that one thing, Mm -hmm. it can help tune you into all of the places where you're withholding love. And often what's going to happen is at at minimum, I'll say a big sigh, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. you can finally let go. You can finally open you can let that exist in that fluidity that it wants. And at you know, an extreme, you might have a very large emotional release. And if you're not ready, everything might just stay a little bit more numb and closed. But you've done something, you know, mm-hmm. to like create that first step. And so for some people, it might just be you do want to be on your own and Uh, excuse me, like Katie said, if you have like even just a trusted friend where you can just be in the same room and they're just holding that space for you to just be, Mm -hmm. it's, it is, it's so, so, so profound and you'll see it. You'll see where you're withholding love. And, um, if this is 
more kind of like active into your life day to day for you and you're even more like cognitive about it, you can see it in your relationship like, oh, I'm arguing with my partner and I'm purposely intentionally withholding my love right now. You can then choose, okay, what what would love do right now? Hmm. Is it going to have me hold this grudge? Is it going to have me keep holding my love to myself and not giving it to them? Or is it going to have me take space or have a different conversation or acknowledge their feelings or who knows what it is? But I do love that question of mm-hmm. what would love have me do now? Yeah, I really like that. It makes me just think of situations already like that's such an easy thing to bring into the practice yeah and just in that day-to-day especially like if you aren't aiming right now for like super embodiment or bringing Mm -hmm. it to your body or having a somatic experience or any of that yeah just in that even cognitive world yeah and things start unfolding and it's all connected yeah it's just so interesting because I think about it and just like day-to-day interactions of how that's so not the standard and how vulnerable it would make me feel to do some of those things. Cause I, you know, I'm at the point where I'm, I I feel the emotion in my body and I can feel when I'm having an interaction with somebody of how I tighten up physically through my heart space. And I'm like, this sucks. Mm -hmm. Like, what is this? I don't want to have this tension or this relationship, but, um, yeah, it, it's very vulnerable to try to have those like real conversations and maybe talk about it with that person or um, or not even have to talk about it, but sh- just shift yourself into being more open. And a lot of times people are going to then feel that and they're going to naturally be able to flow with it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But yeah, that's I really like that thought of just thinking mm-hmm. about that does give me a little bit of softening into my heart of like, oh, yeah. Well, and in all honesty, sometimes you're not ready to do what it is, mm-hmm. you know, like that I've, d- I've been practicing this in my relationship <laughs> a lot where it's like, I feel myself all getting into my grumpy zone <laughs> and I'm like, rah, rah, rah. And I'm like, well, what would love have me do? Oh, it have me do that. Well, I'm not doing that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's okay. Like this isn't, you have to do it. It isn't that, yeah. you know that's the only answer or that you have to do it now it's just an awareness and so then if you're ready then yes go for it Mm -hmm. bring that you know see if you can take whatever that step is and there might be times you take that step and it you feel like I'm gonna say that you feel like it backfires on you Cause I've done that before. I'm like, okay, well this is what love would have me do. And I go and I like say this thing and then I'm greeted with, you know, more anger or frustration or whatever. And then you might be like, why did I do that? Ah, that was so (laughs) stupid or whatever it is. Right. However, even just doing something different like that and having that type of reaction, which yes, it might, stir up the vulnerability and make you want to close down and make it be I'm never doing that again if you actually let it just be you'll see that you've done some sort of a pattern interrupt Mm -hmm. that person's not used to you doing that you know so what you can't always expect your shift to shift them Mm -hmm. you know so it can take time we we 
treat, we teach people how to treat us. And so mm -hmm. if now you're trying something new, <laughs> it might take time. So even if that happens and you go back to closed off, cause you're just like, ah, I'm fine. I'm back to like withholding my love. Rah, rah, rah. Then you can do it again, you know, mm -hmm. and soften again and see what happens the next time. And or maybe your approach was a little bit different. And so you get to tweak that one piece or who knows, whatever it is. No matter what, <laughs> the world needs more love and it's demanding that mm -hmm. we step into this, that we step into being more open hearted and compassionate and understanding and exploring all of that with other people as uncomfortable as it can be in certain moments because um, the other side of it then does feel better mm -hmm. once people can keep moving together yeah. towards that. Yeah. And, you know, I think one thing we were talking about a little bit before of how, you know, most of it just kind of boils down to self-love, mm -hmm. you know, self-forgiveness, um, self-love, which, you know, might seem a little cliche, um, but things are cliche for a reason. Um, and some people, I think, you know, when you're first getting into self-love, they think then it's meaning selfish, but it's actually not at its, you know, its truest self because that's part of all the walls we build up. And then when we have those walls built up, then we're just on defense mode and want to fight, 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 mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, everything off because we don't know how to feel love. And so we don't know how to give it to other people. You right. Know? And really, I think um, at the bottom of all of it is to just forgive ourselves. Like it's always, always comes down to self-forgiveness. I don't care what the situation is. If you ever feel like there's been one, I would love to hear it um, because I'm really curious because even the times where you truly were victimized, there's still probably a part of you deep down inside where you're mad at yourself for not being able to stop it, fight back, know what to do, um, navigate it differently. Just, I mean, it just always comes down to that. So I think same thing with going into your heart space and just starting to rewrite that story. And it's not easy, but if any of you listening have those times in your life and it's probably, um, gets right there to the surface because we all have them that we're really stuck on and just think about go inside and think about what you said to yourself at that moment whether you were little or older think of those you know and this can kind of get into another thing we've talked about is just like that vow you made to yourself mm -hmm. um and just see if you could maybe start to change it a little bit see if there's a possibility for you to go in and feel into that situation and just say, I forgive myself. I did the best I could at the time. And just see what starts to happen in your body. See where you start to feel some softening. Um, and it just takes time because you've probably lived with that um, vow or that sense of like unforgiveness for many years. So it's not like it always happens overnight, but it's just starting to rewrite that. And then anytime that memory comes up, you just remind yourself, I forgive myself. I did the best I could. And pretty soon it will start to soften and change and you'll be able to kind of heal from some of that. And, and then just be open to more love to yourself and to others and compassion. So that's a little exercise yeah. I would give people to try. Absolutely. It's 
it's completely tied into like neural reprogramming mm-hmm. and that's what you want. You want mm-hmm. to be able to reprogram those neural pathways mm-hmm. so that. Yeah. And it's like you said, that awareness first, like a lot of times, I mean, I had to have people help me identify those moments. I was like, whoa, that's right. I, I like remember saying, I will never forgive myself for this. Like almost, it was like, I was promising myself that in a way to, um, like make it okay. Mm. And to be able to like have somebody help me work through that was so so profound Mm -hmm. like I never thought like what would that be like to forgive yourself and it was like my body was like chaos like I couldn't even think of how that would be possible like or okay it's so interesting how those things work and I think almost everyone's had those moments so it, it was just fascinating to me what we can do or like we've talked about making promises to other people or vows to other people like I'll never leave you um Mm -hmm. you know I think I mean this is kind of personal but I think of like with my grandparents towards the end of their lives and you know they had promised the other person they wouldn't ever have them go into the nursing home and then my grandpa had to and how that just was destroying to my grandmother you know because they had made that promise to each other and it just shows how strong that is you Mm -hmm. know those promises and those vows we make to each other and although they can be beautiful like a marriage vow Mm -hmm. um I think being able to just notice when we do those things and notice when they might need to be rewritten and maybe there needs to be a little ceremony around it or just a moment of like holding you know I I think in a perfect world if my grandparents could have held hands and had someone there with them and be like I know I made you this promise, but I'm having to break it now. Right. And like, think of how beautiful and how freeing that might have been for them in a way to maybe cry about it or just forgive each other about that whole situation. I mean, that's just like one kind of personal one, but there's just so much to that. And those things are so much bigger. The energy around those are so much bigger than I think we realize. We don't give that enough credit of how that affects our lives. For sure. And being able to have that type of a ceremony, it can be, you know, using words. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It doesn't even have to be like a breaking of it. It's like, I need to rewrite this and redefine this right now. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of even boundaries. Like I love to teach people boundaries are fluid. Mm -hmm. They're not always the same. You're going to be rewriting them all the time. Mm -hmm. So they don't have to be these rigid structures. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then... In the Akashic Records, when I've gone and done people's readings, there are so many. There's vows, contracts, Mm. and constraints. And they go back to these past lives where somebody's vowed, dot, 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 and now it's running an energy or a script of, you name it, self-sacrifice, lack of trust, da, 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 who knows, in this life. Wow. And so those things are really huge. And I... You know, even in that concept of marriage vows, I was very particular about how I wrote my vows because I didn't want them to be something that I would need to rewrite per se. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that people who had really, and so certain, I've been to certain weddings and I hear the vows and it makes me cringe. And I know that seems like it's judgment and it's also 
just discernment and Mm -hmm. (laughs) just my own knowingness of that. And anyways, um, but you could still rewrite those. So even if you were one of those people making Mm. these wild vows at your marriage ceremony on your anniversary, you can revisit that. You can have it. I know people who every year on their anniversary, they have almost like a meeting of, are we going to stay together? Are we going to keep doing this? What's our new current trajectory? You know, what are our new vows? You Mm. know, so they don't even stick to some vows that were said 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. they're doing it every year, like figuring oh, out what is it now. Um, oh, that's really beautiful. That's a really cool idea. I like that <laughs> because it's so, I mean, oh my gosh, I'm not the same person I was when we got married at all. Right. <laughs> yeah. We both changed so much. And yeah, our ideas and probably the vows we'd say to each other are completely different. I mean, yeah. we got married in a Catholic church, so they're just like the standard Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those those are the ones that I'm at where I'm like, what? (laughs) I figured that. (laughs) How are these people committing to this? Are you serious? (laughs) Uh, No, no real judgment there. I get it. I get it. I get being in the church and doing it. And the same thing. It's It's, cool. It's what we knew at the time. You know, it was just like this is I hadn't I didn't know this about vows at the time. Right. And some, mm-hmm. and for some people, they, that feels so great to them. Like, they're like, yes, I want you to vow to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> la, la, la. As if that brings a sense of safety. And uh, it just doesn't, it just doesn't. Cause life changes. Like it just does life. The only constant change, right? Mm-hmm. It's the only constant. Mm-hmm. So, um, and to bring that back into just a bit of like withholding love, especially since we've gone into like a marriage tangent and, mm-hmm. um, that realm is another inquiry that you can take with you is what conditions are you putting on love? Mm-hmm. I will only love my partner if <laughs> it's mm-hmm. the same. So it's not just, oh, they did that. So now I'm going to withhold my love. It's also on that other side. Like, I'm only going to love you if you show up this certain way. And it infringes on the person's sovereignty, on them being able to be themselves, be holy themselves, Mm -hmm. and exist and receive love as them. And Mm -hmm. so if you're doing that to them, you're doing that to yourself. So again, with the self-love. Yeah. And if you can free them, they can also help free you. So it's just totally. Yeah, Yeah. I've had I had that realization recently and I was like, whoa, just just a whole thing of how I felt like. mm, I didn't realize how much pressure and judgment I was putting on myself and thinking my husband expected certain things from me, Mm -hmm. which he never said. I was just feeling like I had to have these things. And uh, I was like, wow, it was really pretty incredible. And, you know, all of these things came up in addition with other things of help. Like when I got my full chart from Shamani, which was amazing. Another shout out to her. I mean, I had so much insight from that. I haven't even read through all the full 30 pages of it. 
So that's Shamani Astrology. I yeah. believe it's shamaniastrology.com. Her name is spelled C-H-A-M-O-N-I-X. Yeah. Um, and then I had an MFR session at the same time. And then afterwards, I was just I was just realizing all these things. So exactly like coming back to what you said of like I was putting um, what's the word like contingencies on why, why I could be loved. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have to show up in this this way to feel like I can be loved and like valued in this relationship, which realizing those things whoops, for me has been huge, even in when I realized like I didn't need to be like doing anything for people to care about me, including like friends and extended family. I don't need to be helping them or my identity as um, a physical therapist was so strong um, but I think that was just, it's rooted in so much more deepness in me of my whole spiritual self. But when I started to realize that it took so much pressure off of me in relationships and made them so much better that I didn't have to be that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You, you relieved yourself of your own conditions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they continue to come up and, and that is a really huge thing. So I don't know. I mean, if this even just like sparks that for one person listening, that'd be awesome because that was been super powerful for me to continue to let those expectations of myself go. Same. And it's impacted how I show up in all of those parts. Mm-hmm. Parent, lover, partner. <laughs> and then you can accept everyone yeah. else. Yeah. Because I'm feeling like I have to be doing this or they're not going to love me. So then I'm like resisting love. Mm-hmm. And then resisting them and then judging them because I think they're judging me and they're not. Right. <laughs> they're, not. they're judging them o- their own self. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Has nothing to do with me. <laughs> uh, that's such a big one. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah. So the um, principle of, you know, not taking anything personally. Mm-hmm. In the Toltec traditions. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's yeah. good. Awesome. Well, here is to not taking anything personally mm-hmm. <laughs> and to not withholding your own love from yourself yes. and in your relationships. And that means all of your relationships. Um, and, you know, if you have questions or want support with that, you can reach out to us at Enlivening Musings on Instagram. And, of course, I do have... Um, a fall in love class. It's about falling in love with yourself on aliveness.academy. That's always there and accessible and super reasonably investment um, mm-hmm. <laughs> of an investment. Um, and if you want more pleasure in your life, come to the Pleasure Fairy. It's an app. You can go to it at the App Store, Google Play Store, um, and let's let's spread more love and joy and awesome in the world. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. And you can find me at wellnesswithkatie.com or on Instagram at katie underscore Bradshaw PT. I have a Facebook page, Wellness with Katie, a private um, pelvic wellness for women Facebook group too if you're interested in a little bit more of an intimate group and have specific questions. You can ask them there. Yeah, I love it. I need I need to link you as a resource in my thing. Yeah, I know. Me too. (laughs) Like I have this beautiful new website, so go check it out. I love it. Um, But there's still some things I'm like, oh, I have to link some of these things. But yeah, yeah, come check us out. Yeah, I love it. And we send so much love to you. So actually receive it and soak it up because we mean it. Mm -hmm. We do. Bye. Bye.